Today's episode of the NBA show is brought to you by Bose. As the official sound of the NFL, Bose gets players closer to their peak performance and gets you closer to them. How? With powerful products like their Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones. These are Bose's best headphones yet. No noise, no wires, just your music and you. Welcome to the NBA show. I'm Chris Barron. Today joining me is a former NBA rookie of the year and NBA champion in now current Denver Nugget. He is Mike Miller. Hey, Mike. What's going on, brother? Thanks for coming in. Uh, so the Denver Nuggets. Now, this is a different stage in your career. Uh, you got a young, it's a fun team, right? Young, fun team. And you are kind of the veteran on said young, fun team. <laughs> It's a it's a young fun team, and I am definitely the veteran. Uh, you know, for us, it's it's obviously it's a, a team full of talent, stock full of talent. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be great to see the progression this year. If you watched the progression last year, it was great. That's what gives us the hopes and the expectations of this season. Um, so you know, my job now is to to be the glue and, and to keep this thing moving. All right. So in terms of guys coming to you, do they come to you for sage wisdom now? Uh, I don't know if it's wisdom <laughs> that I'm giving in return. They're probably coming for wisdom. But I don't know if it's wisdom I'm getting in return. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, when you have a lot of talent, I mean, we have we really do have, you know, 12, 13 players that are really, really good. Um, none of them being the alpha dog yet. So, you know, it's, you know, when you're doing that as a coach on the coaching side, they have a lot of times is, is playing time. And so I get a lot of you know, I have to I have to make sure that we 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 monitor that and then make sure the guys are all right. And so that's my job right now. And uh, hopefully, I'm doing a good job. Of it. All right. So you say you got a lot of young talent. Who's the one that's going to be great? You've been around great players your whole career. Who's the one on this Nuggets team that's got a chance to be great? I think there's a multiple guys. I think uh, when you have a lot of young talent, there's there's guys that are really really good. Um, and it's hard to pick those guys. But if I had my money on somebody right now, it's 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 Nikola Jokic. I call him Joker. Uh, I think I see I see a lot of Pau the Gasol brothers. I think they play really? a lot like Pau and Mark. Uh, he plays a lot like Pau and Mark. He uh, understands the game. Um, you can put him. I think it, what I really like about him on all thirty teams does the same exact thing. And uh, a lot like Mark in, in, in the fact that can control and dominate a game. And his numbers are you know thirteen, ten, and seven. Right. And, and to me, that's exciting. I think that that's that's. T- fun basketball to watch. In fairness though, Mike, both Gasols have been first team all NBA guys. You think this guy's got that kind of chance? Uh well I mean All Star, uh, first team all NBA type? <laughs> now beat me, I like it. I like it. to me I, I do. I think he has that wow. that ability. Um because where you look at where Mark and Powell are now, then you look at where they're at 20, 21 years old, right? It's the same thing. Powell was really, really good, one rookie of the year at that time. Right. Mark was just becoming himself. So uh, it, it takes a process. Now, again, it's a high expectations uh, for anybody because Mark and Powell are two of my favorite teammates, right. two of the best players I've ever played with. Um, but I see a lot of them in there. Will he be there? Uh, a lot of things have to happen, right? All right, so I talked about you being the veteran on this team, and you, you've you got to look around the NBA. We just saw the Ray Allen announcement last week, and we talked about it, and it's almost weekly one of your peers retires. Yeah. How odd is that for you? 
Uh, it's odd. It's sad. <laughs> uh, you look around yeah. and all, all your buddies are gone. Yeah, you look around and, uh, you know, you're 36, about to turn 37 in the locker room. And uh, that's what makes me excited about playing tonight and seeing Vince play. You know, All gives, right, because Vince yeah. makes you feel that's young. Right. Hey, Vince, uh. thank you. But the way he's playing right now, he still make, he makes me feel old. Uh, he's playing great and, you know, I'm cheering for him. So, you know, we have a there's we don't get together and talk but we have almost like a, a group and whatever if you're if you're 35 and above you're in a group and you're cheering for each other who else is around uh you know we got jamal crawford's in that group he's Zeebo. the only is he the only one left from your draft class he is, he is. he's the only so it's me and jamal in our draft class so we're dying um what dying year off. draft was that 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 was that's like recognized it as a terrible draft yeah. right it, yeah. it really I was is in it. that's why it was terrible oh stop it's, it was 2000 uh <laughs> no but i mean like that was historically like a lot of guys didn't pan out but you and jamal are the ones huh me and jamal are still there 17 years later wow yeah. that's it yeah. huh? so jamal crawford vince carter yeah andre miller was gone right Dirk, he's yeah, gone Dirk. now Dirk. Dirk's still playing. Um, who else is in this? And obviously, Kobe and Duncan yeah, left last KG year. KG retired. Yep. Ray yeah, Allen. Not many of just, us. That's it. They're not many of us. Yeah, we're we're dying off. I'm sure there's some more, but it's not not very many. It's crazy. When you think back, when you think back to that draft and that draft night, were you happy with where you got drafted? I was. I mean, you obviously were. being a Florida Gator and being able to go right down the road to Orlando, uh, you know, was. To me, it was an easy transition. I mean, the, the, the transition for every kid from college to NBA is tough no matter what. Right. But if you can make – if there's small things that can make it easier, you have a better chance. And obviously I got put in a, a unique situation because they were a team that just, you know, almost made the playoffs, had stockpiled picks, but also had a bunch of cap space. So, they had, you know, they would go out and get Trace McGrady and Grant Hill that summer. Right. I was able to play with those guys for three years, which was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. So – I was in a unique spot where I got to be able to pick, be picked high, stay close to where I played college basketball, and yet be on a really good team. Did you look at it and think you went too low at the time? Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, for me— Obviously, it, you're happy because it's at hometown, yeah. but in terms of, like, the way it all played out, do you go, why did that guy go ahead of me? Why did that guy go ahead of me? <laughs> you know, I, you, you don't—when you're back there, though, you just, you just never know. And I still, I still almost cringe when I watch drafts these days, when you watch guys in green rooms and— you just want to get picked. <laughs> you just want to get drafted and get out of there. Uh, you know, I still wonder why people want to be in there. But, uh, you know, for me, it's I was just happy and, and excited to be fifth and, and be a part of the Orlando Magic at the time. Well, Kenny, Kenny Martin had a long career, a year. right? So, um, obviously, Jamal Crawford, is you still around? Turgaloo, fanned okay, out. Jamal yeah. McGlure made an all-star team, right? But they went Kenyon, Stromile Swift, Darius Miles, Marcus Pfizer, Mike Miller. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you out, you outlasted all of them, right? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Last man, last man standing. Where did Jamal go? Yo, he went eight. Yep, yep. Yep. All right. So he went eight. Yeah. So you got two guys left. In terms of being on a team right now that's going to be fighting for a playoff spot versus is it hard to be on a team like that after you've been around championship caliber teams uh it was very difficult the after i left cleveland so miami miami then i came here played memphis but we had those expectations and right you know obviously go seven uh against uh okc for round one and really whoever wins that series goes western conference finals or could right. have a chance to win the finals so we had those same expectations the hardest one after cleveland then was last year in denver you know when you're around all-star break and you're starting to figure out what the plans are um, you know, I haven't been there for a while. That does make it tough. Coming in this year, you look at everything through different lenses. 
this was an exciting part for me. It's it's a it's a different challenge. Um, it's not a challenge that I'm, I'm accustomed to, but it's a different challenge on how can I help these young kids? What can I do? How do I bring it every day that makes an impact? And and to me, that's that's a challenge that I've I've welcomed, and it's a reason I signed back there. What's different about something like the like those Miami days mm-hmm. and being in that locker room? What's different about those type of locker room? Like a championship locker room, how is it different? A championship locker room. Outside I, of having awesome players. Yeah, yeah. outside of the awesome players. Is, it, I mean, everything everything's, everything is, is, is different because you're, you're playing towards June and July. Right. Like, uh, you know, when you're on a young team like this, you're playing, oh, my goodness, we got to win tomorrow. <laughs> it's a big game tonight. Uh, when you're playing in championship locker rooms, the culture is different. Um, you're building. You're building for the playoffs. You're building for the finals. You're not worried. Uh, no, everything. Everything. Everything you're doing is to peace and play in June and July. That's it. And so that's that's the, that's the difference. We're now we're in a position where we're finding our rotations for tomorrow. We're finding our ro- so coaches always got to tweak things. Always got to do things. So that always the locker room's always different because it's always someone happy, someone sad. We're we were building for long term. Who was the talker in those locker rooms when it was time to? I, I think Haslam's been like the elder yeah. statesman there. But is it LeBron? Is it Wade? Is it Haslam? Who who was the guy? And those if you take me back to those Heat championship teams, and it's time for a guy to start barking in the locker room or on the sidelines. Who was it? That's what made that team special, though. I think obviously uh, UD was was the one. Um, but at any given time. Our, our team, our team was truly special there. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I mean, LeBron would say something. D Wade would say it was. It was basically there was nothing was premeditated. It was all what was on on our mind, and and uh, you know it took us going through so many things to start seeing it. I mean, you that first year was almost like what we just talked about um, uh, with a Denver Nuggets team or a young team. We were playing for the next game because we we wanted to win. Once we won one. After we won a championship, made things so much easier because we understood that this is a long journey, and uh, you know, different guys stepped up at different moments and talked at different times. So, what's it like? Because the Warriors are going through it now, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh, they put together this super team. Yeah. It's got a chance to be one of the greatest teams ever." Not unlike what happened in Miami, yeah. and then you come out the box, and it's not super yet. What are they going through right now? It's you know one thing they've got to understand is you add a dynamic piece like KD and um, that everyone's roles and responsibilities are going to be different. And uh, we throw around the word sacrifice a lot, but if you don't sacrifice, there's going to be sacrifices made. It's one thing I always I thought was comical and. Uh, the times I was in Miami, and nothing against media reporters, but they'd always ask, "Man, what's wrong with so and so? What's wrong with so and so? Why are you not scoring?" Listen, at the end of the day, we're only scoring 100, 110 points a game. There's only 70 to 85 shots a game. Right. <laughs> at some point, you know, there there's going to be there's going to be sacrifices made. I always tell people it's easy to make sacrifice. If I told you right now that you know, sacrifice, sit in this studio for the next six hours, and I guarantee you're going to get whatever job you want. You sit here and sacrifice. But if I said, you know what, sitting here for six hours, you might get the job. Right. So it's the same thing when you sit in the locker, when you're sitting in that your Golden State right now, they're telling you to sacrifice. They're telling you to say, you know, instead of averaging 22 this game, ever, or this, this year, average 16, and we will have a chance to win. If everyone knew we were going to win, sacrifice is easy. It's, you know, the hardest thing is sacrifice is not knowing if you're going to win because you might play 82 games, go through the playoffs get beat up by the media because your numbers are down and not win a championship. But guess what? When you win that championship, like, man, he was great for us, wasn't he? <laughs> he, right. re- he really sacrificed. He did his job. That so, is the story of Chris Bosh, is it not? 100%. That's one of the guys I'm talking about. Because, yeah. And, and, and K-Love kind of went through it too in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, 
someone's going to have to sacrifice. Someone's numbers are going to come down. They'd always say that about our, our, our other guys in Miami. Why are you guys not why are you guys not averaging 12, 13 points? Well, at the end of the day, he's gonna have twenty, he's gonna have thirty, he's gonna have eighteen. <laughs> All right, so you do the math, we're at 75, 80 points. That means there's eight of us that <laughs> you know what I mean are gonna get three or four shots. Right. Which we were cool with. That's right. our, that was our sacrifice. We'll take that. At when were day. you cool with it though? Did it take a while for you to be cool with it? Because you on on one end you're thinking, I want to extend my career right. and so it's no fun averaging five points yes. or eight points yeah. or whatever you're gonna average. On the other end, you know, is it really you have to win the title for it, it to come through? It, it goes it goes to what you said. I mean, you're you're sacrificing for not knowing. And for me, that w- it was worth that that for me, knowing that we could win a championship because event Obviously, what happens is when you get the championships, and now that we won two of them or whatever, it did extend my career because now I'm a lot smarter, right? That's right. what people think. <laughs> I still can't spell cat, but that's just that's just the way it is, though. And that and that so right. you sacrifice for different things, but you truly do learn through those processes. Like I see things now completely different than I ever saw anything before. In what way? It just just the difference in in in, in game and in, in in preparation and uh. You know, when things are going great and when things are going bad, they're not that great and they're not that bad. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So when you go through that, you you understand that, hey, listen, you know, what you're sacrificing could could be could result in this or couldn't. But you gotta be willing to do it. And until you those guys buy in at Golden State, to go back to your question, until they buy in, it's gonna be that way. And they're gonna find it. We were I think ten and eleven or something. We had some not not that bad, but we were crazy bad to start in Miami too. Right. And, and and you had everybody in the free world covering that team, oh, that right? True. You had literally websites yeah. dedicated yeah. to and a section of uh of websites dedicated to covering. I mean, there was a thing called the Heat Index that employed a bunch of writers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and so it was every day. Did yeah. things ever blow up in the locker room? Uh, you know what? That was that was where we were pretty good. That yeah. Was where we were pretty, yeah, because at the end, of the, for us in that locker room, that was the only place we felt safe. It really, it really was because what you're talking about, the heat index. If we lost a game, the world was coming to end. Right. God forbid we lose two in a row. You know, so we're our only safe haven was in the locker room. It was where everyone had each other's backs, and that's what made that team special. Is no one ever turned against each other. What about when you go to Cleveland and you see this happening again? Yeah. Right. Well, by, first of all. What is it like to be in LeBron's inner circle? <laughs> and were you surprised that he went back to Cleveland? Um, I was a little bit. You were? I was, I was a little bit surprised. Um, but, you know, to me, it's the same thing I, I would say to KD and, and to all that is, um, for me, I'm seven, like I said, I'm 17 years in the light. I see the light at the end. You know, I'm getting there, unfortunately, as sad as it is to say, I'm <laughs> getting there. Um, you know, that go, it goes by so fast. Um, if you can't enjoy or, or if there's something you want to do, if, if going to Golden State or going to Cleveland is what you want to do, you have to do it. It has to be the, the game, the game. like I said, when they're, when they're done, it, I was talking to Emmanuel Moody about this on the bench the other day. You know, he's going through some struggles, and I don't know. I hope it was my talk, but he ended up going for 24 in the first half. Oh, but, you're really going to take credit for Moody's no, 24 no, first-point quarters? I'm not because he, he, was, he was unbelievable, <laughs> but, but it's the same thing I'm going to tell yeah. is is that – I'm 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 at the end of it, and every time I look back, I remember a very small amount of the bad things. Really? I remember a lot of the good things. And so what I was telling him was basically, hey, listen, when you're done with all this, what you're going through right now will pass. But 
what you'll remember is that 24 point quarter. You'll, you'll remember those good things. And right. so you have to enjoy this. You have to, you have to enjoy every part of it. You got to understand that it's a blessing to be here. We are, you know, it's, it's not something that we even deserve. You know what I mean? Like, like this is, a, this is just fun. So when he went back to Cleveland, if that's what he wanted, that's what his family wanted, man. Did he ask you? No, no, and I wouldn't want him to, to be honest with you, because I wouldn't want that on my shoulders. To me, I think that that has to be a decision you make by yourself. Right. So, what do I not know about him? Um, because he's got to keep. I think, he's he, I think you know he does everyone, a good job, but he has to in some ways keep the world at arm's length. Yeah, I mean he he does. It's it's really hard because you know what with the way the social media everything is now. He's an unbelievable family man. Probably the best team I'd ever had. Really? You don't you don't see that stuff? Nah. He's just Why is he a great teammate? He's 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 giving. I mean, like he always wants you to be happy. He understands, you know, part of it I think is he's smart. He he understands that he's going to need you. He's going to need guys in that locker room uh, if he wants to do what he wants to do and and just he does everything for you. Make sure that you're taken care of. Make sure he's just an unbelievable teammate. How did it work out with them in Cleveland? Cuz you go from Miami and it's like, okay, Having to do this again, putting together a super team, right? They've got they've got Kyrie already there. He's this out uh, amazing point guard, and now they've added Kevin Love. And you talked about how everybody's kind of got to learn to sacrifice. And so going through it with them and see after you had been in Miami, and then seeing what they went through in Cleveland, which were the struggles and trying to figure it out, and do they like each other, and are they going to trade Kevin Love? Like they, they went through all of that yeah. to then eventually being able to win the title last year. Knowing those guys uh, personally and just seeing that whole story and being there and what they went through, how did that all get worked out? It was, it was honestly, when I walked into Cleveland, it was like walking into a movie theater and seeing the same movie for the second time. Like, I, I saw the same movie. You had Kevin Love, who had unbelievable numbers like Chris Bosh, um, who was going to have to sacrifice, didn't know it at the time, but me and James Jones and LeBron knew it. Right. Right. We knew we were going to have to cross that bridge of him being uh, frustrated. Uh, we knew we were going to have to cross that bridge of him being frustrated, but needing him at the big moments. So was it Bosch all over again? You could see it. Yep. Um, uh, going to a person like Kyrie and knowing his talent is is elite, probably about, to me, it has the best offensive package in the game of basketball. Knowing that he's going to go through some things like he's used to having this, this, and this, that's going to change a little bit. Uh and then going, obviously, with LeBron, the rest of the guys buying in, right? So uh, along with the coaching staff and everyone else that's new to the situation, when things go bad, right? So you hear all the outside noise, but the outside noise really isn't what's going on on the inside. Like, we never hated each other. That was everything. <laughs> like, that's what we always saw was comical. You know, the first time it happened in Miami, you'd be hearing this, you're like, man, he really hates him? And then you go in there and you think about it, you're like, man, he doesn't hate him, they're just making that up. So, it, it, you know, the second time when you're in Cleveland, you're hearing, oh, Kevin Love's going to be traded. Man, Kevin Love wasn't going to be traded. Right. <laughs> Kyrie wasn't going to be traded. We didn't hate each other. That's what you bring to that locker room. Hey, listen, guys, that's going to be said about you. You say that from the beginning. So then when it happens, they're like, man, right. they said they're, hey, they're going to want to trade Kevin Love about all-star break. They're going to hate each other by 20 games in. We said that. On day one, we told them that was going to happen. Right. So when they know that and this starts happening, they're like, okay. Right. So you can take it a lot easier. So it was like it really was like walking into a movie theater and seeing the movie, like going in and seeing Shawshank Redemption. Like I could tell you what's going to happen. 
and, and that that was that was weird to be a part of, but a lot of fun. Was it easier to get that one worked out than Miami? Oh, a lot easier. It was. Oh yeah, a lot easier, just because because the guys are younger. Yeah, well, not not only, but we knew what was going to happen in Miami. You didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Now, and, and you have to uh, in our in our defense, we had an ability to say, hey, listen, we did this and it worked. Right. Right. If it didn't work in Miami, those guys would have looked at us like, oh, <laughs> yeah, y'all tried right. that. You know? gotcha. So we had the ability to go about, we had, you know, the ability that we worked, it worked, we won, and, and so they'd listen a little more. And that year, the two years ago, getting ravaged by injury and LeBron yeah. really like doing the one-man show thing in the finals the to try to get everybody back. Yeah, it was, best, like, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen. I mean, but how depressing was that for the team? With Love gone, with Kyrie, and like, yeah. it's like, all right, you figure it out, guys are starting to sacrifice got a playoff run, feel like we got a shot at the title, and then it just kind of gets well, stripped away. That's that's what makes winning a championship so hard. Not only do you have to get lucky at sometimes, not only is it going to be, you know, going through some of the best teams in the league and then winning, uh, but you also have to fight the, the injury. You know, the one right. thing in Miami where we got pretty lucky is we stayed pretty pretty healthy. We had Chris Bosh missed about seven playoff games one year. Right. Uh, we were able to keep it together for him. D. Wade missed a couple. But other than that, you know, we we made it. We made it through pretty healthy, and 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 to make it through healthy in Cleveland, and then get there, and then and then make it. Right. You know, we actually made it through, and that's what made LeBron's performances so impressive. We actually made it through after round one. K Love was out the rest of the time, and then Kyrie hurt his knee against uh, Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals, and was tough enough to play through it, and then hurt it again, right? Uh, game one in the finals, so. Injuries are part of it. That's what makes winning a championship at any level hard. Why was Ty Lue so successful with that team? And what do you? What's your perspective on what happened with Blatt? Um, it's tough. I mean, it, it really is. You know, c- coaching coaching a, a LeBron team is always difficult because the expectations are through the roof. Um, you know, and you know, I don't know what happened there in the locker room because I wasn't there when the firing happened, right. but he felt he lost the team. And in this league, uh, coaching is about communication and having your guys. Um, and once you lose those guys, it's really, really hard to win. So I don't know exactly what happened there, but that's what they felt in the front office and, and obviously went with T. Lou, and T. Lou uh, led him to a championship. All right, why is Ty Lou good? Again, at this level, it's communication with your yeah. players. Um, you know, and I said the same thing. That's why I think Fizz will do a good job here is, is you, you, your job as a coach right now is to be prepared, communicate well with your players, communicate what they want, whether it's right or wrong or what they want to hear it or not, uh, making sure that they understand their roles and responsibilities and then finally putting them in the best position to succeed individually. Um, that's one, what makes a great NBA that's coach. That's what makes a great NBA coach. And once you have that, once you have their ears, they're going to play hard for you. Uh, you're prepared. You 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 put a style on a system. The other thing I think what really does a good job is when you coach the personnel and you don't coach a system. You know, here and you know when when Fizz was in Miami, the team was completely different than this team he has here. Now he's got to start coaching this personnel. You right. Know, you don't bring a system from Miami and say it's going to fit here. No, you per, you put you get the personnel here. You coach that personnel, and I think Fizz will do a good job of that. We'll get right back to it with Mike Miller. But first, I want to remind you about Bose. Before we go on, today's sponsor is Bose and is the official sound of the NFL. Bose gets players closer to their peak performance and gets you closer to them. How? With powerful products like their Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones. I have a pair of these myself and can confidently say these are Bose's best headphones yet. No noise, no wires, just your music and you. For more information, visit Bose.com. 
okay, in terms of Spolstra and how he handled everything, and you saw him evolve in Miami. Yeah. Um, and obviously he's, he's having to go through it with a young team now, right? It, 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 you're at both ends of the spectrum when you're Eric Spolstra. But Spolstra's role in those Miami championships and, like, what, what kind of coach he really is. Uh, I thought he was a great coach. He was uh, organized. He was always prepared. I mean, anything that co- anyone that comes under the Riley tree yep. is going to come in, have, a, uh, have an unbelievable practice program, um, going to come in there, be efficient, uh, going to get things done. Defensively, we were always going to be locked in. That was going to be our key. That's what made us special. But he, he, he just did a great job of doing those things. And you know what? He made he, he Towards the end, he started making adjustments that were needed. Is there any coach that you did not get along with? I don't think so. I think I got along with all of them. Because you know, uh, you've had a million. I have. Actually, <laughs> Even your college coaches in the that's NBA right. now, that's right? right. Billy that's, that's Donovan's old, coach at Oklahoma City. It's crazy. Your college coaches coach at Oklahoma City. That's right. No, I've, I've, I've you think you've gotten along with all of them. I have, and you know, I mean, listen, you're going to have, uh, as a player, you're going to have, you're going to have moments where you don't necessarily agree, uh, but your job as a player is to march in line, right? right? And and so the sooner you allow yourself to be put in line and understand that, the better you're going to be. Is there anybody that has cooked you the worst, as far as defensively? Oh man, I've been cooked a lot. Uh, Kobe is there, was good. Is there, is there a worst one? A Kobe that, was, like when you think back, like God, that night, Kobe, I, like I could not stop him. Kobe was a problem a lot. Kobe was a problem a lot. Um, you know what? T Mac in practice was a problem. <laughs> uh, LeBron in practice was a problem. There's, there's a lot of you're gonna. You played with all these like Hall of Fame players, right? <laughs> That's right. You having to guard them? Yeah, in practice, I guard them. I mean, it's, this is the way it was. When you think back and you're sitting there with Emmanuel Moutier and you're talking to him about you're only going to remember the good times, is the one that you think of the most the finals performance? It was it seven threes, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it Obviously, you know, it is the finals because for me, it's the reason I went there. I, I, I've told this story a thousand times. I had chances to take more money. Uh, when LeBron called, you know, it, it was it – was, I had a lot of individual success. I was able to win rookie of the year. I won sixth man of the year. But I'd never really done anything in the playoffs. Even when we were in Memphis, and the reason I came back here is because I wanted to do something in the playoffs here because the city's awesome and right. they and they want it, is I wanted to see what all that work I did my entire life, I wanted to see what I would do in big moments. Would I not you know, would I step up and do it or would I would I choke? But I had to I had to find out. Like right. that was the one thing. Right. Hey, I could easily went there and missed all seven of them, but I wanted to know. I wanted to know what it'd be like and, and how my body would react, how my mind would react, all those things. And, and I was able to get those answers. And that was more than anything, the, the more exciting than almost winning the championship. I got those answers. What's crazy is you are, I don't, I, I don't know if the original is fair, but you see around the league a lot of guys uh, on minutes restrictions or getting DNPs or rest. I mean, you damn near sat out. Like a third of two thirds of a season in order to be ready and available for the playoffs. When you see this trend now where people are so teams are so much more concerned with maintaining the health of their rosters than before. um, And just what that was like for you to go through insane patience, right? Because you you didn't even play for most of that season. Then you show up in the finals and knock down seven threes in a game and help your team win the championship. 
What it, do you think about the landscape it's, it's of the hard. NBA now? It's hard. You got to be really sure about your team. If you're going to do that, you have to be sure that your team's going to be really good because um, you know you're sacrificing a lot to get there. You're sacrificing you know team playing together, getting you know rhythm together. Uh, winning games together, losing games together, knowing how they feel, you're sacrificing a lot because it's hard. It's hard to turn it on and off. This league is very hard to do that on, and and, and so you know it's it's I can, I can understand it to a point because if I'm if I'm Cleveland right now and I have that team they have, they're winning the East. That's just happening. If that's, they stay healthy, they are winning right. the East. So now, what are you playing for again? Are you playing for January, February, March? Are you playing for June, July? And so, is it good for basketball? Probably not. But is it good for their situation, their organization, their chances to win a championship? Yes. But it's also a juggling act. T. Lou has a juggling act because they've got to be playing at a high level when that come when the playoffs come around. How do you do that? How do you rest them and play at a high level? So that's where he has to be good. How many would you have been actually capable of playing? I could have played that them year. all because would you sit? Would you sit out like fifty games? or yeah, something? Yeah, I could have played them all, but for for them at that time, you know, we had so many guys. It was about me being healthy at the right times, right? And so I had that opportunity and and made the most of it. Is this the last year for Mike Miller? I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know yet. Well, I, you got I, like seven teams paying you now, right? <laughs> you, how many checks do you? Get? How many? How many teams send you a check? Man, it was great I'm seeing you, kidding. man. I'm so happy I got to come up here and see you. I really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> so we got one. You got one more year on your deal I after have one this more, one, and and I, I still love it. I still enjoy being in there. Um, I still love being in the locker room. Travel's getting tough. Yeah, but it's you know to me it's it's. It's a blessing, man. I, I get to wake up every day and play basketball. And like you said, I'm getting paid for it. I'm not going to wake up and read some Players' Tribune, Mike Miller, no, I mean, I, My Time all, is first, Done first article. All, first of all, I didn't have a good enough career to, to do a play. <laughs> They'll <laughs> ask you. I'll get you an article on Players' Tribune. Mike, thank you so much, man. Thank you, brother. I Thanks appreciate it. My man, Mike Miller from the Denver Nuggets. Thanks for listening to another edition of the NBA Show.